Hello, welcome to The Crap and the Crazy. I am Tash Critter. I have two kids with additional needs, so we have a very neurodiverse household. Between us, we cover autism, ADHD, and PDA. Who knows what else, but there's the diagnosed ones. I have a background in teaching, so I've got a Bachelor of Education, Kindy Tier 7. While I was studying at uni, I worked with over 20 families with kids with additional needs, uh, most of them on the spectrum, but then we had other diagnoses as well. So I was actually going into the homes and seeing what this looked like behind the scenes. Sure enough, then I had my own kids with additional needs. I own and manage Little Wooden Toy Box, so I design all of the resources. I've been doing that for almost 10 years now. So we use these at home and they have been tried and tested by hundreds of other families as well. I also work as a volunteer on the Heroes Program. So this is a one-to-one -one care, um, so a fun event day for kids in the community with additional needs. With my own kids, I've spent over 10 years, almost 700 hours um, in early intervention with speeches, OTs, psychs, physios, the works. Um, and this has given me a unique insight into understanding behaviours of concern, why they occur, what we can do to manage that, tools and strategies that we can use at home, in the classroom, in the therapy room to help work with these kids and understand these kids. My goal is to design and implement resources and coping strategies to make home life calmer and more organized while also helping to educate and encourage parents that are on the same journey as I am. You know, that may be starting this journey as well, whereas I'm 10 years along. Join me as I talk through day-to-day -day life with autism, the sucky bits and the wins, and tips for enjoying life despite the challenges. Hello, welcome to episode 19. And I've titled this one, When Therapy Isn't Working, as if you don't have enough to deal with already when you've got kids with additional needs. But this has happened probably a couple of times. We've actually had a really good run from the very first therapist that we had. Um, I can't even remember what the place was called. Uh, this was 10 years ago when it was possibly a bit easier to get into therapists as well. But we had an amazing speechy um, wasn't a huge fan of the first OT that we started with. This episode, I just want to talk through, you know, when it comes up, when therapy isn't working for various reasons, whether you don't click with the therapist or whether just life changes. So in the earlier days, it was finding therapists that you actually work with, which when you find a good one and you know what a good relationship with your therapist looks like, it then makes it easier when you get a couple of bad ones like you have some idea not bad ones but ones that didn't work as well for us and this is also for you as a carer as well as with your kids because if you can't so therapy say you've got weekly sessions and they're 45 minute sessions um, and if the therapist gets along really well with your kid but then doesn't communicate how you can implement that throughout the week then you know, you could be getting a lot more out of those sessions, yeah? And when you get a good therapist and you realize this, it then, I don't know, I guess increases your expectations for what to look for in future therapists. Um, so yeah, we started with an amazing speech. I can't even remember why we finished with her other than I was driving for an hour just to get there every week or fortnight, whatever it was. Wasn't a fan of the OT there. And then we found Melville OT here in Perth, WA. And they have got this big kind of warehouse gym set up with all the equipment and bits and pieces and just their 
You know when you just find a, a business, I don't know, vision, mission, goals, the culture, I suppose, is different from another place. And, you know, clicked really well with them and worked really well with them. And then, I don't know, kids started school or whatever else, then we finished up there and moved to the next one. Now that I'm saying this, we have actually moved from place to place quite a few times over the last 10 years. But then there's the changes that over the probably about two years back now, we started the whole process with we were given rubbish plans by the NDIS and their funding was cut in half. So we did the review and no luck, then went to the AAT and went through that whole process, which that was another 18 months and getting all the reports and functional assessments, which these are two grand each for both kids to, so spending money to get the money and uh, get the funding, sorry, from the NGIS to cover therapy. If you're not sure what I'm talking about there, or if it's different in your state or country. And then over this period, so this 18 months, two years, 18 months of fighting for more funding for my kids, they grew up. So all these reports that we spent the money on to get the funds, um, then once we got the funds 18 months later, my kids had turned into teenagers. So their needs were different. And one of my kids in particular by this stage was refusing to work with therapists. And that's something I'd never considered before as well. So you've got the different angles of you working well with the therapist, your kids working well with the therapist, different life stages, how far you're having to travel. And in some seasons of your life, you can do this. Other seasons, things change or priorities change. And then just flat out refusal to go or to speak and to speak to therapists. And that was that was fun too, especially now um, when it's so hard to get into new therapists. Oh, and then there's the other one of your therapists getting pregnant and having babies and having their own lives other than you and your kids. And yeah, so with all of these different areas, what do you actually do when therapy stops working? And this completely stumped me um, in the last year. So now we're actually back on waiting lists for some and it will be a long time before we, yeah, start again. But now yeah, what are you going to do? So I guess my first point in case this helps anyone at all and just based on my experience, when it is within your control, um, to be okay to change therapists if they're not working for you. And this can be on two different fronts when you start with someone and they're not meeting your expectations. I mean, you do need to give the relationship a chance as well as far as working with you and working with the kids. But sometimes you just know this this just isn't working for us. To be okay to say no, to look around, shop around, if you've got that option, yeah? Um, even then, it probably is worth it going on to another. Look, it depends where you're at, what you're dealing with. Sometimes you need to see it through with the one therapist because you've got no other option, but other times you are better off stopping, going back on the waiting list and doing it properly um, with someone that you work better with. This is all good and well to say now. It's different when you're in the middle of it and you're sleep deprived and you want help and it's so hard to access that help. Yeah. And that it, it just sucks. It, it is hard to go through, um, on that same token. Yeah. Changing therapists. Um, it is exhausting and it's hard, but it is worth it. So we're kind of in that middle stage as well. And our OT who I'm hoping to get onto some of these podcasts. Um, so this is someone that did our functional assessments almost three years ago now for that whole AAT, uh, the tribunal, 
whatever that's called, Australian Tribunal. There's another A word in there that the AAT stands for. That's what I'm referring to when I say that. Um, but she did the functional assessments and that's all we could get from her at the time. So she didn't have capacity to take us on because she was already full. Three years later, now that we've got the funding, now that one of my kids won't speak to anyone else, she's got room for us and she fit us in and yeah, it, it's now working. So having that change of therapist, that fresh perspective, some fresh ideas, just fresh, eye, uh, fresh eyes on your family and how you work together as well. And when your therapist then work with your other therapist, that's a really cool um, relationship and structure to kind of have as far as a support network for your kids. And I've always had it in mind and it's, I guess it's becoming more important now, building that village around your kids so that when they get to those teenage years, you're not their one person on the planet that they can talk to. Yes. So look, I still am for my kids, but we've slowly or they've slowly built up relationships with their psychologists. So as far as the confidentiality goes with uh, psychologists, I can't sit in on those sessions unless the kids say, um, I can't like give me permission or want me to have input there. Um, I don't get updates from the psychologist. So this was a whole nother thing because we didn't do psychs at the very beginning. So within the first seven years of early intervention, I suppose. So starting with a psychologist with all these confidentiality rules where you're not a part of what happens when you're so used to being in the room and watching what's going on and then using those tools and strategies at home. That was a bit of an eye-opener. That's probably not the right word. Shock to the system. I don't know, something else to get used to as far as working with someone new. We were talking about this one at Mother's Group the other day when you are weighing up the stress of going to a therapy, you know, when there's, say, that one-hour drive. And I still can't remember why we stopped that one. It could have been because of the drive or because my kids started pre-primary or well, I don't know um, but weighing up the stress of going and what that means versus what you're actually getting out of the therapy as well because there are life stages where look we are just at capacity even if you had the most brilliant strategy on the planet for my kid right now like my brain is full my ability to implement that is pretty well non-existent right now. And we have been through those stages. Um, not necessarily when moving to a new one, but there are times where we've just had to cancel sessions because life just isn't going to plan and the stress of actually booking in that therapy or booking in extra sessions just isn't worth the hassle. And that's where it's really painful when you have waited so long to try a new person and then that person doesn't wait, uh, work out and then going on to the next waiting list and waiting for them and if they don't work out as well you kind of I can't think of the right word along the lines of really disappointing and exhausting and you're like is it worth trying again like your your hopes are shattered and that sounds dramatic but when you when you're in the middle of all of this and all the screaming and you just want to help your kids and you're hoping someone can help and they don't have the strategies or they don't have what you need and maybe what you need doesn't even exist then yeah it's hard it's really hard to deal with
Another one to address is being okay to change therapists, even though you've worked with them for years. So Ish has come and um, done podcasts with me here and we'll continue to do that. We've got a really good working relationship now um, from, I don't even know how many years, seven, eight, seven, maybe seven years. Um, she's been our speechy, but the kids moving into those teenage years, that relationship changed. And her and her business has changed as well and in this case it wasn't a no we don't want to work with you anymore but just naturally from going weekly we're now just on ad hoc so I know that if I've got any big issues need another pair of eyes we've got that long term like she knows me she knows the kids and can help that way but the the therapy relationship looks very different now from what it did say two years ago and being okay with that as well because even that is a I guess you get set in your routines and your expectations and this is what we do this is my person that helps us through when I'm stuck and when your kids get older and that changes that relationship kind of changes as well and being okay with that like that's not bad it's not particularly anything but that's just a life change I suppose and being okay with that as much as that can be a shock to the system as well and then you know that panic of well who's going to help me now which our OT so it just happened in hindsight I could say perfectly but there was certainly a messy period in between and yeah those thoughts of well who's going to help me like my kids are refusing to work with certain people where what what do I do now um but you know in hindsight and a few months down the track the OT working with us which we hadn't done that for a good there was a good five or six year period where we hadn't been working with an OT and that was just with the plans changing there were no funds for it they go and write in their reports that we need it but then didn't pay for it go figure Anyway, having the OT come in and work in a different way with a different background and a different training was exactly what we needed, I think. I mean, I can't talk for if she had have started with us three or four years ago because that didn't happen. And those two therapies didn't overlap, but one kind of slowly finished or petered out as such. And I'm not saying finished as in forever finished, but just for this season of life while the other one picked up. And I guess you'll find that as well. Like, you could you could have 10 amazing therapists but there's only so much you as a human being can implement in day-to-day life too so you'll see that balance shift and change i guess i presume other families do we have and my last point for when therapy isn't working and you're just in that in-between stage if you need help not sure where to go no one's kind of helping or you don't have access to that help is to if you haven't already find your tribe find people um So families with kids who are going through a similar journey or are a few years ahead of you. Because in our, you know, big messy period, like recent messy period of changing therapists or not having access to therapists or going on waiting lists and messing with meds and whatever else, it was those conversations with other parents where how they'd tackled similar issues in a different way just I guess, different perspective. Um, So things I'd never thought of. And if I haven't thought of them, I can't think to ask my therapists here, my kids' therapists. So just having different parents' um, input. And when you find your tribe, you can ask those questions without judgment. Yeah? Whereas if I went to a neurotypical... 
not a playgroup, my kids are older now, but say example for playgroup. If I went to a, the kids are neurotypical in the playgroup, their responses are going to be very different because they're not experiencing what I'm experiencing. Yeah. So when you find your tribe and a safe group of people to ask and just throw around ideas without people telling you what to do, um, but they can speak from their experience, that makes a big difference too. And we had um, probably one of the biggest breakthroughs through just a friend saying what she'd done with her kids that I hadn't even considered with mine. And just to sum all that up before I finish, um, in case you hadn't realized this before, because I didn't, no one told me, and I, well, that's obvious now, but your tools and strategies will change with your kids' age and independence and development. Um, so yes, I did know this with you know, younger kids and their developmental age, and that's probably just with my background training um, with teaching, but I hadn't considered how that would look during those teenage years. So hopefully if that gives someone a heads up. Um, but yeah, to be okay with change in a family that doesn't do change because of autism. But anyway, all right, I will stop there. I hope something in there was useful to you. Ask me questions if you have questions. And if you have something I haven't covered, let me know that too, uh, because I want podcast topics. All right, bye.